0: May God's grace, mercy, and peace be with all of you, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Very thankful to be with you this morning, very special day in your congregational history. We'll be talking today in our sermon about the Old Testament lesson from Isaiah chapter 49. You may know someone who has done this, or you yourself may have done this, but I find it almost impossible to conceive of running a marathon. Running a marathon means you're running over 26 miles at one time. It is almost beyond my comprehension and it is way beyond my ability to even be able to consider such a thing. But I have to say I have a great respect for those who either have done it or who have tried to do it. This also may seem to be way beyond our ability and far beyond our comprehension, without our Lord Jesus it would be, but all of us really are running a marathon, a different kind of a marathon, obviously, the marathon of life, we could call it. You may remember that the Bible a number of times compares our journey through life as running a race. The Lord gives us the encouragement to finish the race as we fight the good fight of faith. The Lord encourages us to run with perseverance the race that's been marked out for us as we keep our eyes focused on Jesus at the finish line. But we are not at the finish line yet, are we? We're still running the race. Whether we are young or old, that finish line can come at any time, but we're not there yet. And the way to run the marathon of life, the way God wants us to run the marathon of life, is to be for others and to take in for ourselves the same kind of thing that marathoners have as they run a marathon race. They find the water stations. Those water stations are tables at various places along the line manned by assistants, who give out bottles of water or cups of water to the runners as they go by so they won't get drowsy or weak or dehydrated. We need more water stations in life in this world. We need more people who for themselves and for others take part in the water stations of life. We need more people who know and appreciate what our Lord in this lesson from Isaiah chapter 49 so much wants us to have and to experience, when he says this can be the blessing for us, all people in the world, and this is the blessing for us as God's people, as stated in verse 10 of our lesson. They will not hunger, and they will not thirst, and neither scorching wind nor sun will strike them, because the one who shows them mercy will lead them. He will guide them besides springs of water. Brothers and sisters of water of life, this is what I pray for you, what I pray for everyone who comes through these doors, that you be a water station on the marathon of life. The best way to be the kind of water station on the marathon of life that God wants for us as his people is to first of all remember who ran the first marathon. The first marathon we're going to talk about. That's our Lord Jesus Christ himself. You may remember that our Lord agonized as he ran that marathon of life for you. And for me, that led to his death. In fact, Isaiah the prophet says these words at the beginning of our lesson, in the opening verse, that are really talking about our Savior when he says, this is what the Lord says, in the time of my favor, I will answer you. In the day of salvation, I will help you. I will guard you and I will appoint you to be a covenant for the people. You really can't tell it just from reading those words, that this is talking about the coming Messiah. But in the words right before our lesson, the prophet Isaiah, hundreds of years in advance of the Messiah's coming, was pointing ahead to him and talking about the coming of the Savior of the world, whom he called the servant of the Lord. Again, this is beyond our comprehension, to know how the Son of God would suffer so, but even agonizing to the point in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying that if possible, as the Son of Man, this cup of suffering would be removed from him because he knew as the Son of God what the events of that evening were going to lead to. Yet concluding that prayer, not my will, heavenly Father, but yours be done. In other words, the words that I read were the words of the Heavenly Father to his one and only Son. I will appoint you to be a covenant. I will guard you. I will strengthen you. So what was God the Father being to God the Son? He was being a water station on the marathon of his Son's life. As that life would lead to that horrible death, as a wonderful payment price for your and my sin. Also giving his son the confidence that there would be something afterward. A glorious resurrection from that grave that would prove everything had been accomplished. It would have the Lord Jesus himself have the confidence of knowing that it would be so. He would be a covenant for the people. He would be the promise, sealed with his own blood that he gave for you and me, that everything would be so, just as God said it would be. And in that next verse, the Lord outlined the types of blessings in a picturesque form again that would be for all of us. Prisoners being released from the dungeon. People who are in darkness, being able to finally see light. People who are hungry, searching for food, finally being able to find it. People who are thirsty being led beside springs of water. Are you tempted to not think you need the water of life? The devil keeps tempting us to not think we need it, right? Sometimes those temptations to think we don't need the water of life, those springs of salvation, come because things are going so well. And if you are like me, it can be very easy to fall into that trap of taking the water of life, God's word, for granted. Or maybe not even thinking about it that much at all. And then it should not come as a surprise to us when things don't go quite so well that we seem off kilter. That we seem spiritually weak, spiritually drowsy, spiritually dehydrated because we haven't all along been making use of that invigorating water of life that God uses to keep reminding us of what we need to know and how he wants for us to be. Sometimes those temptations come for the opposite reason, right? Things aren't going very well. They're going poorly. And the devil will use those kinds of times, at times, to make us wonder, well, it's easy to say that God will never leave us or forsake us, but he sure seems to have forgotten me. So maybe I'm not one of his people. The devil doesn't care how he leads us into the temptation of not thinking we need or not thinking we have that precious water of life. And he will do whatever he can to keep us and others from getting it. What a blessing, then, to know that in God's word, God keeps giving it, correcting us, when we ignore him or defy him. Comforting us when in tears we are sad because of something happening to us or around us or inside us because a conscience won't give us peace for what we keep on doing over against our Lord or someone else he's put into our lives. Compelling us ever so gently to keep living on behalf of others, to keep living in the best interest of others. To keep living, hoping always to show Jesus and share Jesus to and with others. Praying that others might be more led to join us in drinking the water of life. Perhaps because they will see Jesus more and more as they see us and want to hear more about him. In these words from the prophet, God promises there will be others who will be drawn to the waters of salvation. There will be others who know they need more to see any purpose in life. There will be others who know they need more to get through the rigors of life. There will be others who know they need something more before they close their eyes at the end of life. God tells us that those others will come from all over. He says in verse 12, near the end, that we can look and rejoice at what he promises will happen. Look, some will come from the north and the west, and some from the land of Sinim, Sinim. We don't know for sure what's meant, where that's located, but it seems to be saying a place that's far away. You and I are part of the fulfillment of what God here says will happen to others. In something that can only be described as unfathomable love and grace, God has shared a simple message for us in the faraway place of Wisconsin so that we have come to believe in something that is beyond our comprehension and beyond our ability to believe or even want to think of On our own that Jesus Christ came to die and live and rise again for the world and therefore he came to die and live and rise again for me that is something that we pray we continually also hold out as people who are assisting on a a marathon at those water stations as people run by us, as people walk by us, as people meet us, so we can tell them how they can avoid becoming spiritually weak and drowsy and dehydrated and die. Just like we treasure and thank God for what is being done for us and among us with you here at Water of Life, by fellow members, by your teachers, staff ministers, pastors who hold out to you that never-old message that Jesus Christ has run the marathon for me, that Jesus Christ has won the marathon for me, that because of Jesus Christ, there is no sin that I have ever committed that will keep me from his love, that there is nothing in my life that can happen no matter how horrible it may truly seem to be that removes me from his presence. And that there is nothing in life, nothing in death, that can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of Jesus Christ, we can know and we can rejoice in the fact that through him, through his power, For others, we can be Jesus, live Jesus, and share Jesus as we are for them a water station on the marathon of life. Brothers and sisters, you are and you have the water of life. With God's help, enjoy the race. Embrace the race. Encourage others to join you in the race because this is one marathon that every single one of us can run. Amen.